Hello and welcome to the best Marvel comics of 2019. I'm your host, Dave Busing, the founder and editor-in-chief of comicbookherald.com. Of course, this being the best Marvel comics of 2019, so far the list will be updated as more issues are released. But for the time being, I've already got 10 this year that I quite enjoy, and I'm going to talk about them all 10 in a row. These are my faves of 2019. Now, we got a lot of great things coming in 2019, including Jonathan Hicksman's X-Men that will not have been released at the time of this recording, as well as the event Absolute Carnage, and of course, all sorts of other things in the Marvel Universe. So this is with the fact in mind that, I mean, I can't imagine a scenario where Hickman's X-Men is not on my favorite Marvel comics of 2019 by the end of the year. For the time being, though, just know this is what has been released to date. Number 10. On my list is Captain America by Ta-Nehisi Coates and with art by Lionel Francis Yu. And this is the book where Captain America feels, it feels back. It feels like it's where the book should be sort of in the heyday. If you think about the Ed Brubaker and Steve Epting era throughout the 2000s, this is a political thriller, thriller, a political thriller. It is espionage. It is Captain America and really questioning what it means to be the symbol of a nation, especially in the wake of Secret Empire, when uh, the symbol of Captain America was tarnished, perhaps beyond recognition. And that is what Steve Rogers and and his friends are trying to figure out for certain. Tanihis Coates, his Marvel career, has uh, pretty much focused on Black Panther to date. I've been a much bigger fan of the Black Panther uh, comics that Coates has written so far than I think many critics. That said, you know, he's he's developed a skill set and a pacing over the course of that work that really has come to fruition on Cap. Lionel Francis Yu's art is always some of the best in Marvel, and it looks particularly great here on Captain America. So if you're curious how Captain America was going to come out of the wake of Secret Empire, uh, this series, it really addresses it in a way that I respect quite a lot. It, it doesn't just ignore what was a very controversial Marvel event. It instead really gets into, you know, what does it mean for this debasement of the American dream to have taken place and how does Steve Rogers recover from that? So at number nine, next on my list, War of the Realms, the entire event. I've been a huge fan of Jason Aaron's extended Thor run that he's been writing. We've had art by Isad Ribich on Thor, God of Thunder, art by Russell Dowderman and colorist Matt Wilson, which continues here into War of the Realms. Um, it's I think Dowderman and Wilson's art is what sets War of the Realms so high uh, on the list is, is just they make some of the best-looking superhero comics, uh, full stop, and it's it's been transcendent. I mean, these are great-looking books. I think story-wise, there have been definitely better moments uh, in Thor throughout the Aaron run. You know, I'm a huge fan of God of Thunder. I would say that's my, really the pinnacle for me is is the first, I mean, honestly, maybe even the first 18 issues of that, which take you through uh, the God Butcher, God Bomb, and actually the first Malekith story. And Malekith the Dark Elf is the one who is, is really, you know, the villain here who is, you know, the main bad guy in War of the Realms. Uh, of course, I've done videos, podcasts. You can check out the War of the Realms reading order on Comic Book Herald for more information about this event. But for the time being, what I would say is the background and context of the Thor run to this point are essential. Yes, Earth has been invaded. Yes, you can pick it up from the battle sequence. But there's been so much build to this point that is, frankly, better story. I think it loses uh, a fair amount of what makes this story compelling if you jump straight into War Realms without that background. That said, it's been good, not great. It's my favorite event since Secret Wars in the Marvel Universe, so since 2015. 
And the tie-ins are, like all event tie-ins, an uneven affair, but there's a high enough batting average that I don't look at it and say, boy, this, you know, 60 plus tie-ins for this entire event could have been cut down to like 12. Um, well, maybe I would say that, but nonetheless, it's, it's pretty solid. Number eight on the list is Daredevil by Chip Zazarski with art primarily by Marco Cicchetto. This is a, a really nice new take on Daredevil. It feels like a return to, honestly, a vibe that was most prevalent in Netflix Daredevil Season 3. Zadarsky's really tapping into the faith of Matt Murdock, his, his sort of insistence on resorting to violence and what that actually says about what he's doing as a hero. It's a, it's a really interesting read on, on the character of Matt Murdock. And again, this one's in the very early stages. You know, this one launched in 2019. So I think above all, Chip Zdarsky is a writer who has a reputation for being one of the funniest people in comics and deservedly so. His work as an artist on sex criminals is, is pretty incredible. And he's written some very funny Marvel bits as well. But, you know, as we've seen with now Spectacular Spider-Man and, and another Spidey book we're going to get to later on this list and now Daredevil as well, he's, he's not just a joke writer. He's just a writer, full stop. So definitely recommend checking out Daredevil. It's in a fantastic place here in 2019, and it's my eighth favorite Marvel comic of 2019 so far. Number seven on the list. It's Guardians of the Galaxy by Donny Cates and Jeff Shaw. Uh, Donny Cates has been writing Venom, and that's been, I would say that was one of my favorites in Marvel of 2018. Where we're at now, though, it's Venom is not one of my faves of 2019 because of some tie-in inflicted carnage, no pun intended. Uh, so that's going to leave it to Guardians of the Galaxy, his kickoff on the cosmic Marvel team-up book. Nobody's been more consistently, I think, willing to embrace the the big and sort of wild than than Cates has in his time at Marvel. And Guardians, you know, sort of sort of kicks into that that vein with the beginning opening arc, basically looking at the wreckage would be the word, the wreckage of of Infinity Wars and deciding, you know, okay, that took Thanos off the board. He's dead, but what if he had a plan to put his consciousness in somebody else? Who would he put it in? And this sets off all sorts of infighting and and theorizing about who the next Thanos might be. It's a good concept. It's a great concept to kick off a new Guardians book. This team is going to look, you know, pretty different than Guardians of the Galaxy Classic. Uh, you've got Peter Quill involved. You've got Rocket Raccoon and Groot. But then you all, and Teenage Groot, let me add, very surly, and speaking in full sentences for a trip. Um, but then you got Beta Ray Bill and Cosmic Ghost Rider, of course, at Kate's favorite. So, Guardians, it's it's in a new place, and I think that's good. It needs some new blood. It needs some sort of non-MCU um, ties, I think, to get the series back on track to one of Marvel's best. And so far, so good on the, on the you know, Cates and Shaw era. That leads to number six on my list. This is Shuri. It's written by Nitty Okorafor and Leonardo Romero. And uh, basically, all you need to know about Shuri is it's looking into her time on in Wakanda while Black Panther is basically trapped in space, which is what's happening in the Ta-Nehisi Coates run that started with Marvel Fresh Start. This gives Shuri a chance to really uh, lean in or, or lean out of her desire to be the next Black Panther of Wakanda. And I think, you know, given her interests and her capabilities, I think there's a real... There's a real focus maybe on Shuri's part to to maybe be something else than what her brother has been in the past. 
and that is pretty inherently interesting. There's a lot of really great science fiction that comes out of Shuri. You know, she's an inventor, and she plays with with tech that is, you know, well beyond human understanding more often than not. And there's some really cool science fiction moments in here, including Shuri basically launching herself so that she is piloting Groot from the inside of the walking, living Groot uh, in, a, in a battle with Rocket Raccoon. It's pretty wild. You have to read Shuri number three to believe it, probably. But Shuri has been a load of fun as well. Speaking of fun, uh, no, scratch that. Speaking of uh, very isolated and emotional, Age of X-Men Extremis is number five on my list. This is written by Leah Williams. It's a very smart, very poignant narrative. And I, if you're not reading Age of X-Men, I get it. <laughs> it's Again, I've said this before, it's probably more interesting than good, but Extremis is definitely the best of it. Um, and again, I think it enters into the best of Marvel so far this year. There's a Blob and Psylocke sort of will they, won't they, um, you know, never can be romance going on in this book. That is really compelling uh, in a way that if you told me, hey, Blob and Psylocke have a romance going on, I would not have expected. Uh, Extremis, it's pretty good. Check it out if you read nothing else in Age of X-Men. Honestly, you don't need a whole lot of context for Age of X-Men here other than just knowing it's an alternate reality uh, driven by Nate Gray, a.k.a. X-Men, and basically that means that the mutants and the X-Men that we know are in slightly different scenarios than what we would typically see, although they are ultimately the same people. Speaking of the same people, never changing. Number four, Runaways. The Return of Gertrude Stein. This series is arguably the best ongoing, you know, in terms of how long it's been continuing now. Now upwards of 20 issues written by Rainbow Rowell with art by Chris Anka for the majority of that early run. It's just been great from the from jump. And it's, you know, it's almost easy to take for granted, which is why I made myself put it all the way up at number four on the list, because it's it's amazing how good this is for a Runaway series that, I mean, Runaways probably peaked in what, like 2005? And here we are 14 laters, and they got the magic back. Rowell and Anka have been doing a great job. They have not missed a step. If you're going to read Runaways, I do recommend going all the way back to 2018, the Marvel Fresh Start number one. And frankly, if you've read no Runaways before, I recommend going all the way back to the Brian K. Vaughn and Adrian Alfana era in the early 2000s. But uh, in the meantime, Runaways, one of the best of Marvel's 2019. Number three on the list, Spider-Man Life Story. This is the six-issue, I believe, miniseries written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Mark Bagley. And the premise for Spider-Man Life Story is it's, you know, somewhat familiar territory. It's taking the what if Spider-Man aged, you know, in real time bit uh, pretty literally. So in the 60s, he starts out as a hero, as we would expect from Spider-Man. But then by the time we're at the 70s, he's in his 20s. In the 80s, he's in his 30s, and so on down the line. So we see Spider-Man actually aging and dealing with some of the conflict and complex, nuanced trauma that has happened in his life. And as you might imagine, that gets a little dark. Uh, it's very well executed, though. I think this type of story, it could just be upsetting. You know, I it's hard necessarily, or it can be hard to see Spider-Man um, so beat down. But I think that's, you know, Zdarsky really gets the character, and that's what he's tapping into as as this version of Peter Parker, you know, quote-unquote, realistically ages through the Marvel verse. Number two on the list is Meet the Scrolls, written by Robert Williams, with art by Nico Henricon. It's a five-issue miniseries, and it is very closely tied to the, 
you know, the type of family drama that Tom King and Gabriel Hernandez-Walta tried to unveil in Vision, or not try to, really pretty seamlessly did uh, perfect in Vision, the 12-issue miniseries from 2016. Meet the Skrulls is trying to tap into that vein. It's not quite as good as Vision, but for five issues, it's pretty darn good. Basically, it picks up on the uh, secret invasion leftovers. You know, we have all these Skrulls on Earth that were, hey, they were here to invade our planet in 2008, 2009, and uh, they're still around. What are they doing, right? And this is a family of Skrulls who are trying to adapt and assimilate to American culture. Um, again, I, I would liken it to, for example, the FX drama, The Americans, but with much funnier chins. Uh, Meet the Scrolls, though, it's a book about family before it's a book about superheroes and villains. And I think it's the heart in the book that brings it to much higher levels. It's complicated family, as, as all family is. And, you know, we get everything here from high school drama to father-daughter relationships to, you know, husband and wife romance. Um, and it's, again, you know, but they're Scrolls through and through. So it's an interesting five issues. I would not have expected it would be even inside my top 10 of the year. And it's, it's very, very well done. So that's my second favorite book of 2019. So far, my favorite is one that was among my favorites 2018 as well. It is Immortal Hulk. And it achieves, I, I think, honestly, the rarefied status of a consensus MVP in the Marvel lineup. I think if you ask a lot of Marvel fans and, and critics across the board, you know, what's the best Marvel book right now? a whole bunch of them are going to pick Immortal Hulk. And that's a testament to the quality of this book. It's written by Al Ewing with art primarily by Joe Bennett throughout. And I think the, you know, the early synopsis on this is, oh, it's a horror Hulk. And it's, you know, it's the scary version of, of the Hulk. And they've done a really nice job with that. I think the thing that I like the most is how thoroughly and how playfully Ewing and company integrate continuity and Hulk continuity. You know, if you look even at the Best Defense uh, crossover, you know, miniseries that Al Ewing wrote, kind of a special one-off of the Immortal Hulk, they're doing this cool thing with sampling of old panels from like 60s Silver Age Hulk stories sampled in the midst of, you know, classic or modern Hulk comics that are being drawn anew and it's just it's just innovation after innovation playing with the character's history really leaning into the fact that it's like you don't know the hulk the way you think you do here look here he was in the silver age doing these creepy things or something to that effect so immortal hulk i mean it is so good I highly recommend you read it again it's my number one pick so effectively i'm saying if you can only read one marvel comic in 2019 make it the immortal hulk so let me know what you think. You can find me anywhere online as Comic Book Herald. You can find podcasts at Best Comics Ever or at My Marvelous Year. Uh, again, I've been debuting the founder of ComicBookHerald.com, where you can find lists like the Best Marvel Comics 2019 and a whole lot more, as well as reading orders for all of your favorite Marvel characters and events. So thanks for listening, as always, and enjoy the comics.